What's going on, everybody? My name is Tuck. Welcome back to my channel. Welcome back to episode 7 of the Torching Time podcast, available on YouTube and every audio platform except for Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud because they make you pay for storage. Today, I'm joined by Just Zoe to start. I see P uh, TJ pinged online in Discord, so he might be joining us momentarily, but say hello, Zoe, and tell us how the last two weeks have been for you and how life has been. Um... Hello everyone. Uh life's been good. Got a new uh second job, so uh I'm excited to uh, to start it soon, definitely. Can't Another wait. new second job is in you replaced one of them or did you mm -hmm. recently get a yes. second job? I replaced one of them. Are you going to give the intel on that? No. Okay, fair enough. I'm assuming God's be at Chick-fil-A heard what you said about their sauces and were like, "Can I get them out?" Uh I mean, that's not exactly what happened, but uh, tips and tricks for anyone going into uh, who want to make some cash. Never work at a fast food restaurant. That's valid. I can vouch for that. When I, whenever, well, <laughs> whenever I used to go to the gym before <clears throat> COVID, um, my one buddy that was always there at the same time as me, he's actually a regional manager for Chick-fil-A's here. And, like, he's a good guy, but, of course, there's certain stipulations he has to, like, deal with being in charge of everybody. So, even though he himself is a great person, I'll vouch for him. The corporate always gets the final laugh on certain things. So, even though, like, especially where we live, because I live in a relatively less well-off area than a lot of other people, especially for the state of Maryland. Like, Maryland's minimum wage is way higher than a lot of other states, but it's also... It seems more than it actually is, especially in my part of the state, because the cost of living here is so low. Minimum wage in Maryland is so high because we suburb D.C., and the suburbs of D.C., I, obviously that's going to be expensive. But from people that have worked at the Chick-fil-A's around here, they get paid decently well, but just they didn't have a fun time working <laughs> for a corporate fast food chain. I it's, guess it'd be the best way to put it. It's not a bad place to work. Again, I just, you know, this job that I've been wanting for so long finally called me and said, hey, we read your application. I said, hey, it's been four months. They're like, we know. They yeah. said, we just kept you in the back until, you know, eventually we, uh, we saw what you could provide. And I said, let's get it. Um... But no, like it wasn't a bad place to work at. I definitely needed to humble myself a little bit. So I'm glad I, I took that opportunity there. Um, I met a lot of cool people. Um, yeah, and I can't complain. I always I always take the positives uh, from things. I, I never like to like. I think I might have hinted at. I think the worst thing about the job is like what you said. It's just a fast food place. At the end of the day, your job position is very expendable. And the people mm -hmm. in charge of you are aware of how expendable you are, so you don't mm -hmm. really have any negotiating uh, stand of ne stance of negotiating really anything. Here's how it. Here's where the difference is between that and different places that I worked for. Is that the people in charge like to be in charge? Mm -hmm. At different places, the people in charge want you to be the one in charge. Run that second half by me again. I missed it. So, 
the people in charge there wanted to be in charge at chick-fil-a yeah okay, okay so they 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 like that they like telling people what to do the different job positions that i've taken at least through the it field and through um sort of hardware computer field the people in charge wanted you to be the one in charge they wanted you to go the extra mile and for you to be a leader they would give you an objective and you complete that objective no matter that how just, you do it that just comes with the nature of the position just having more responsibility i feel like because i wouldn't trust like i don't know let's put this in military terms I'm not in the military, but I understand the basic, like, hierarchy of structure. Like, you're given a task as a grunt. You're supposed to, uh, work alongside everyone else to get that task done, no matter what. And then, like, your NCOs, your non-commissioned officers, like your sergeants, they're kind of just there to make sure you don't fuck up. Even though they're technically in charge of you, their job at the end of the day is to make sure you don't do anything stupid. I like that. I hate being micromanaged. I mean, in the in the heat of combat, like there's going to be one voice well, ringing yeah. out, but everybody that, has that, a general idea of what they're supposed to be doing, no matter what the situation is. That's the heat of combat. No, I'm just saying that's yeah, what they're that's trained true. for. Like, well, yeah, you're trained for one task. You do that task. The voice that you're hearing is just there to make sure you don't do something stupid because that'll get you killed. It's obviously less serious in a job field where there, where there aren't bullets, but the same thing kind of applies. If, you, if you've been trained to do something, I don't want to sit there and be told, keep doing this. I don't want to have my hand held like I'm playing a tutorial level in a video game. That's what the job training was for. <laughs> exactly. And I'm kind of the same way, because I, like I've said, probably multiple every podcast. I've probably mentioned every podcast. I'm a baseball coach in real life. During the game, I'm never going to... Or like criticize my players to the point where they're going to change something during a game. I might point out something if it's super obvious, like if they're tipping pitches and like, hey, you're doing this, stop it. Here's how you can uh, stop doing that. But uh, like, I'm not going to point out something super like mechanical-wise, because that would just lead to more issues in the moment. But you just have to know the people you're working with and expect them and trust them to get the job done, because like people are trained for a reason. Exactly. Now, moving past that, I don't think I gave an intro. Did I? I don't think so. You guys want to know what I've been doing the last two weeks? Just look at I my do. YouTube. You want to know what I I've do. been doing? I want to know what you've been doing. Oh, I've been doing this crazy thing where I've streamed and uploaded to YouTube and Twitch every day. I don't know why I've been doing it, but... It's almost as if I've been motivating you or something. I mean, it definitely helps having people around me that are fun to play with and fun to interact with on a daily basis, but I think it's more so just because... As much as I'm going to complain about League play, I enjoy <laughs> the game mode for what it is. It's given I, me, I love League play. It's given me a sense of actually wanting to play the game, because I could not stream Black Ops Cold War for more than two hours at a time. And then I stream League play, and six hours have gone by, and it's 2 a.m., and I'm like, oh, I gotta do other stuff. So, I've been it's doing a lot fun. of that. Uh, the, Go ahead. The competitive, the competitive atmosphere definitely makes it a lot more fun. Like, I, I couldn't bear streaming pubs for, like, the amount of time that I stream League Play. That's one of the issues I have because I keep fucking deranked. Whenever I solo queue, I play with absolute brainlets. 
and it's it, it hurts me the plays they make. I don't think you might have saw, but I queued with uh, Fear Fiki, one of the team's managers, and he got placed in advanced, so I was playing advanced level players. The only way I ever died is if I sprinted into the entire enemy team and they all shot at me at the same time. <laughs> it's just it's just a skill gap that hurts me because I never think that there are actually people that are that bad that call themselves competitive players. Mm-hmm. Other than that, just been I, w I don't want to say a lot, but we have been doing more stuff with Team Fiki, the organization I own, which will come back into play later during the Q and A. I think because I have some talking points from a business perspective of content creation, but we'll get into that when we get to it. So let's move past this and let's go to CDL. The good, the bad, and the ugly is what I wrote down. Let's start off with the good because I think we can breeze by that. Uh, the best thing is probably the map pool update. So let's talk about that. Uh, Apocalypse hardpoint in, Crossroads hardpoint out, Garrison SND out, Express SND in. Now, I haven't played a lot of Apocalypse, but I find it very hard to think that it can be worse than how Get Crossroads played. Um, I played it. I've seen teams scrimming on it. Math flows really well, so. Uh, it feels good as an Optic fan because the extent of scrims that I've seen with it, they 40-point clubbed LAG and Envoy went 32-4. and four. They're, They just know that map. Um, I think it's a map that suits a team like Optic well. I mean, let's be honest, Crossroads is just a fuckfest. Crossroads is the exact size of Nuketown. Yeah, Crossroads is... It's one of the issues I've had with the overall like progressive progress of the game is like the map sucked, they changed the spawns, the map still sucked, they changed P4, the map still sucked, they changed P4 again, the map still sucked, and then after the fifth change, like, yeah, we'll just take it out. About time. Because even with all the P4 movements, the spawns never got better. <laughs> the last time we played it, we were stacking a four-man stack in league play. It was, like, super early in the morning. I was over the point of caring, but we spawned back rock for seven of the eight minutes on that map. Even if we pushed for spawns. And then I don't think I have to explain to anyone why Garrison that... SD is a bad map. Well, here's why I like the whole Express SD being put in is because Express SD takes a lot more thought to uh, to play, right? Garrison SD, you could just fly out and you'll make a play. Like when I normally play it, I just go top green every single time. Yeah, there's actually a. Well, one, Garrison is a one lane map. You have control of top green. If you have control of top green, you win. For Express, you have to have control of middle map. Mid map, you have to have control of ticket booth. You have to make sure you can't get flanked through your top skywalk. I don't know what to call out. I can't remember. It's been eight years, but you have to play for a larger area of the map to get map control. And then once you have map control, you have options. But mm -hmm. it's just it, it plays better as a map, but at the same time, it's that Cold War thing where they've changed maps to the point where they don't play the same they played in 2013. Well, they didn't change it that much. No, they didn't, but they changed certain things that I noticed immediately. I got killed my first game battles match because that was the first thing they added it into. 
my first game battles match on this map, I got killed from an angle that did not exist in 2013, and I was like, huh, okay, fine. Fine. Also, the fact that you don't get trophy systems immediately, so you can't attack the A-bomb site. B-bomb site? The one that's inside? If you go to the B-bomb site, the one that's inside first round, you're just gonna get... It's just gonna be a fuckfest between the bottom tunnels. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Who can throw a nade farther? Let's find out. Who who can throw a nade without sticking their other teammates that are imagine, jumping in front of them? Imagine that map in COD 4. With how far you could throw nades, how OP nades were, and how no flak jacket. You could I get a quad feed to in tunnel. <laughs> Alright, so that's the one good. Is there any other goods? I know there's a lot of bads comparatively. Are there any other goods there's that There's a changed? lot of bads. I think that's the only good thing we can take. Oh, and there's matches being played from today. Uh, on the day we were recording this, there's matches being played tomorrow. So that's another good thing. We get to watch more Call of Duty. Uh, okay, I don't have a topic for this, so we'll throw that in there. The day over recording this, it is Wednesday the 17th. So as of 20 minutes before we started recording, Treyarch Studio... Uh, said that Express S&D and Apocalypse Hardpoint are going to be added into League Play tomorrow, so the 18th. So by the time you guys are hearing this, the maps will have been in the game for probably a day. Let's go. And then on top of that, they also followed up that tweet addressing a lot of questions about weapon tuning. They said they're going to be looking into weapon tuning. I don't know what that means. It's a vague COD statement, but they said there will be some tune tuning to weapons. I'm assuming that means the LC-10 will get something mm -hmm. of a nerf. There could be a FFAR buff. Uh, maybe. And then I think that is the end of the list of goods, because I don't have anything else posted in here for strictly CDL stuff. So let's hit with the first, uh, the first bad. Uh, the, the, the tweet about the first tweet I think I linked. Uh, interview this morning with SPJ. I don't know what that acronym stands for. Somebody in charge of stuff at Activision. Activision Blizzard Sports... Uh, Activision Blizzard President of Sports and Entertainment didn't divulge specifics on what roles would be affected, uh, but he noted the division which runs the Overwatch League and Call of Duty League is planning for a future where its business will look different unless dependent on live events. That's a bad statement. That's that is a, a very bad statement. Uh, Call of Duty esports thrives on LAN events. I think every esport thrives on LAN events, but especially COD because the atmosphere is basically unmatched, except for like CS:GO events in Katowice, where the uh, the crowds are like literally there to support the one people they have to support because there's not a lot of other things happening in Poland. That is that is a very bad statement. All right, let's go back to uh, let's go back to 2017 COD champs, Optic Envy Grand Finals. Let's imagine that's online. Imagine courage. Oh. Imagine courage's send off line of the final play of the match with no crowd screaming. Wow, that is how you invalidate something immediately. Because one of the reasons that a lot of people might take esports seriously is because you can physically see it in person. At the end of the day, like, if someone that's new to esports just sees a Twitch stream or a YouTube stream in this case, like, yeah, that's cool, it exists, but it's not tangible, you can't touch it. 
something becomes super more, excuse me, something becomes infinitely more powerful whenever it's something you can physically touch. And by I that, I mean... That. You were I was at, at that event, too. Champs? Yeah, 2017. Imagine if I wasn't there. Uh, Imagine yeah. if I couldn't go there and it was just online. Probably wouldn't have cared as much, to be honest. I mean, I still would have cared. It's I mean, you would have cared, but you wouldn't have cared as much. He was like, oh, it's online. I play online COD, too. There's nothing different between me and the pros. That's an asinine statement, but it gets a point across to a it certain make, extent. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. So, I, not only just, is this a dumb idea in theory from a fan perspective, it's also a terrible business idea and business model from, like, the organization's perspective. Because if you're, let's just name drop Hex... You're a Hector Rodriguez. You've been doing this shit since 2008. You found an investor to help you pay for $25 million to have the Huntsman, now Chicago Optic, Optic Chicago, play in the Call of Duty League. It's been your lifelong dream since you started the team. Since you joined the team, he didn't start the team in 2007, 2006. And now you're getting to 2021, where it's a franchise league and everybody's on salary and it's taken very seriously like a franchise sport. And you're going to sit here and tell us that they can't host a LAN event for Optic Chicago to get some money back on their investment. Like, what is the point at this at this rate? Right? Why would you pay $25 million for not less LAN events? That's kind of the entire point of investing into it. I mean, as, as far as what I'm rereading from the tweet, is he's saying is planning for a future. So, I mean, it's not 100%. No, but at face value, everyone is assuming that means less LAN events. Why? I I don't know why. Apparently, Activision is down bad. And by that, I mean their revenue must have been under $2 billion for the past six months. It must be tough being such a small company. I know. Uh, that's the bad. Is there any other bad? I mean, I'm sure there is. We can talk about merchandise. We can talk about how an LA Thieves hoodie, which is just a fucking old English LA on the chest, is $110, but... <laughs> I was gonna buy that hoodie. Did you? I saw the price tag on it. $110, I said, dude. Um, I said, no, not happening. There's no value behind it. No, there isn't. I love, I love 100 Thieves as an org. I love Nate Shot, one of the original members of the Green Wall. I just not spending a hundred and ten dollars on a hoodie that I can make at home. I could literally go to my local print shop that works with professional baseball teams and have fifty LA Thieves hoodies printed for the cost of like five actual LA Thieves hoodies. <laughs> Because once you get the design, the design is actually where the, the biggest price will come from. Because if you bulk buy hoodies, obviously the price goes down immensely, but the design is going to be the initial cost. It's going to cost the most because you have to also pay them for the print file. Once you get the print file out of the way, printing hoodies is just basically just paying for the hoodie itself, which if you buy bulk, like I said, cheap. So I don't know. I don't know how they're justifying $110. I don't know what merchandise company they're working with. It's it's like no, it you look go look at Florida's merchandise, like the mutineers. Their hoodies look good. Now they're around like ninety to a hundred dollars, but their hoodies look good. 
you know, like that's a hoodie I'd spend a hundred dollars on. What scares me is that recently, I guess you could throw this into the kind of good category. It doesn't bother me because I'm not going to buy any CDO merch anytime soon. But they they're doing a, 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 a signature line with Mitchell and Ness, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, with but, the hats. That's you yeah, know me with my hats. Right? Yeah, but so I, I, the price is what I'm concerned about because I'm not going to spend thirty four dollars. Is it thirty four? Thirty four. It's about the same price as normal Mitchell and Ness hats. That's the same price as our hats, which we can't produce at the moment because materials are obviously hard to get. All right, so I was expecting a Mitchell and Ness name attached to the CDO to be ridiculously priced, but maybe Mitchell and Ness has more control over the pricing of their own products. They do. All right, well, that solves that. Mitchell and Ness is a good name. But just, all right, that's just the merchandise is an entire shit show. Along with the production team. Let's talk about, did you see the video they tweeted about the listening with FaZe and Optic? Are we going to toss it into Bad or Ugly? Which one? Is there something below Ugly? uh unnecessary it was completely unnecessary i'm all for like putting out trash talk but it was a nine minute video of the coaches trash talking which no one cares about the coaches especially sender no offense sender but generally whenever i want to see optic trash talk i don't want to be like the clip of mr x saying that's why you got dropped clay that's why we need light events Formal gets up out of his chair, starts chirping across the stage. So we'll throw that one in unnecessary. Not only that, they gave away S and D strats. So like, good job. Yeah. Good job, CDL. Good job, production team. Good job, social media team. Good job, whoever the idiot that greenlit that video was. That's that just further proves my point that I'm con- I'm convinced everybody in charge of the CDL has no backing in esports. <laughs> It's not that they have no backing, it's that just they do shit and they don't care. They just don't care. Yeah, they're not held accountable. This is where a players union would be a good idea. Hmm. Is there a players union? If there is, they're doing a shareable job. <laughs> I don't know, actually. They're, I think they're currently working on one. It, they, they, they needed it when the league started because this is what was going to happen the entire time the league is just going to abuse their powers because the players can't talk back if the players say anything back they just get fined but if, if the players if the players did what the cdl did with that listen in if they said that on the timeline they'd probably get a fine but the cdl can't get fined by the cdl so that's whatever. That's the unnecessary part. Let's talk about the ugly. Let's talk about Activision laying off its employees. Just a quick talking note. I think Jake Lucky on Twitter said it best. The CEO of Activision cashed a $200 million bonus while the people that he laid off got like a $200 Blizzard, uh, Blizzard, uh, Blizzard. What the fuck is their service called? I'm, I'm blanking. I'm having a stupid attack. Is it Blizzard Net? Blizzard Net. A Blizzard Net gift card. I don't know what the actual severance package is, but you get the point. Anything you in comparison you to two hundred million dollars. But I'm, but I'm clapping. That is that is amazing. No, two hundred dollars. We can't hear it. Fantastic. I'm I'm, I'm proud of I'm proud that, of the boys that, that actually. 
a $200 million bonus check he cashed for himself. But, you know, the people that got laid off could have, I don't know, they might have used that money. Who knows, dude? Who knows, dude? Is there anything ugly else we can talk about? Potential expansion teams. We talked about that last time, but there's been not really any update on that. But it's been hinted at that it's more likely to happen than we thought the last time we talked. I knew it was going to happen. It I mean, I knew it happen. was going to happen too. I just didn't know when because of COVID. But from what I'm hearing through the grapevine, next season there might be two more teams, if not more. Depending on one, who wants to invest money, and two, if like there are enough players to fill those spots. There are. I mean, I know there are, but... There's there's 100% enough players to fill those spots. Uh, as far as anything else goes, I think that's all the CDL stuff that I had that was worth talking about. So let's breeze by the new roster moves, because some of these matter. And by that, I mean the LA Thieves move matters, because the Ravens are still in the same spot, in my opinion. So, I haven't seen anything, because whenever I went to look for the tweet, I couldn't find tweets. But I'm assuming Venom is subbing in for Temp on LA Thieves. I, it's a good sub-in. It is a good sub-in. Temp is not a good fit for that team. I probably said that in like episode 2 of the podcast with Tej. I don't like Temp as a player. He's not a good personality to have in the, in the call. Especially with Slasher. That's just that's two very abrasive personalities that have already been proven not to work. That team did not work in fucking uh, World War II. Yep. The Temp's a fantastic player. Not get me wrong. It's just you can't have two uh, alpha males. Exactly. In, in one team. Because then they start butting heads. And that's where the whole butting head situation, you know. It's, and it's like, happen. not to shit on Tim because I've already said I don't like him. But there's not really winning an argument with Slasher. The guy's kind of a fucking genius. He has a fucking four-year degree in mechanical engineering. He will, he will argue to a fucking, he will argue until you give up and start crying. And chances are he's going to be right about whatever he's saying. He's just a smart player in and out of game. That's the other thing, like him, Clayster, and I think J-Cap, but J-Cap doesn't play anymore, but he's a coach, so it still applies. Clayster needed one semester to finish his degree in psychology. He went to the West Virginia University. I hate West Virginia, so Clayster, I'm sorry, I hate your alma mater, but yeah, I have your back in the side that you're going to be right most of the times whenever you argue. As far as J-Cap goes, I don't remember what J-Cap's major was, but I know he went to college more so than most of the other people in the league, because most of the people in the league aren't of weren't of college age, and they probably didn't want to go to college whenever they got their contracts. But that's neither here nor there. Slab. Venom in for Temp, and then the Ravens are the only other team. Actually, no. We'll come back to the other egregious one. We'll talk about the Ravens real quick. So, Alex had to deal with a family emergency. Alex is off the scene for an indefinite amount of time. He went back to England, and then they subbed in Zed for Alex. That's not new. That happened before the last major, but we didn't talk about it last time, so we're going to mention it now. Zed is in for Alex on the London Ravens. And then as of two days ago, Paul X is in for Parasite also on the Ravens. 
And then in turn, Parasite is playing for Wester now in turn in for Pollux. So that was essentially a trade between Westar and the Ravens. I that is a very East and West move. I don't really see that as a benefit either way. I feel like I think, Alex. I was think there. Ravens are still not winning a series. I'm. Uh no, sorry not not any means, but Alex, in my opinion, was their best player, so he's gone. Can't replace your best player. Not saying Zed's bad, but he wasn't on a pro team for a reason going into this season. And then Paul X. I know he's good. I don't know a lot about him. I don't think he would be that much of an upgrade over a, over Parasite. The biggest issue for the Ravens, in my opinion, is Shawnee. Like, this is a very AR-heavy game, and just Shawnee... Johnny's not a bad AR, but he definitely... Johnny, he's not a good one. Exactly. He can't fucking hang. I he's also not a good AR. I'm going to be straight up and honest about it. I also don't think they have an IGL, because I don't see anybody on the team that gives me IGL. Parasite would probably be the only IGL, and he's gone now. Which stuff, so... Not only did you lose your best player, your main AR can't hang and there's no IGL. In baseball, that's strike three. I'll see you fucking later. I finally agree with TJ that London is worse than Paris. We've been saying that. <laughs> I, we, I, we knew. We'd, I hate London. I've hated London since the beginning or at the end of last season when they dropped every single player. I mean, I didn't like London, but I still think Paris was... Not that great of a team. Paris at might least, get exposed now least, that the XM4 is gone. At least Paris is winning the series. I mean, that's true, but... I just going into this year, I didn't think it was possible for anyone to be worse than Paris, but... They proved the whole wrong. XM4, we're gonna get on that topic later, but... What's next? Oh. It's coming up soon, because the next topic is probably gonna be like a five-minute talking point. About why... In the fuck, the Toronto Ultra dropped methods, benched methods. Let me use the correct terminology. We said it in, it's in the YouTube. Was it in? Oh, was it in one of your Twitter clips of the Ultra Killer, Mike Marky B? Yeah, that was a Twitter clip where my teammate was using the Ultra Killer uh calling card from Cold War, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if Marky B uses that one. How do you drop? How do you bench methods? How do you bench one your best statistical player, two your most winning player, and three your most like well known player? Because it falls into what I said last year. Whenever the Toronto Ultra were having problems with Brack, like people aren't fans of the Toronto Ultra, they're fans of the pe they're fans of the players on the team. Like there might be a handful of people from Toronto, like yeah, I like my hometown team, but at the end of the day, like most people care about the players. Like think about it this way: if Scump and Formal were to leave Optic and go to London, I'd be a London fan. We already saw that last year. Whenever Immortals stopped buying Optic Gaming's name, would bring fans. They go. They brought them more hate than anything. It's like yeah, Scump is gone. Optic Scump is no longer Optic Scump. Immortals, uh, Immortals management is like, I don't get why they don't like us. We bought the Optic name. Why don't they like us? Where'd the Green Wall go? They went to Chicago. Simple. Dumbass. Rip Bozo. It's just tough, dude. Like, 
Methods is competing in challengers. I can't remember his team, but he's already announced he's competing in challengers. That's just such a stupid move. Statistically, your best player is statistically your most winning player. And your and best this is... personality. Oh, did you see the tweety quote tweeted from the uh, Toronto Ultra where they put the five players on the billboard and he was in the center? He's like, man, I love being on billboards. I didn't see it. Oh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Say what you were going to say. I'll find the tweet. Um, This was his best game since World War II, and he won a tourney in World War II. A billboard in Toronto. I look good on a billboard. Yeah, dude, all five players are on that. Too bad it's a 4v4 game. Too bad the one that's front and center is your best player and he's not on the team right now. But What do you do in Toronto? Uh, What's this, going on? They just have a really bad history of making bad decisions. They did the same thing with Brack. Like they treat their players like not great, and then get one, and then wonder why people get mad, or like don't like what they do. Like, of course, you made stupid choices, unjustified stupid choices. Like whenever Optic, Very. like whenever the Optic Dynasty broke up and they had to trade Formal and drop Karma, like that was a bad decision, but it was necessary in the moment. How the fuck do you justify dropping your best player other than he doesn't have a British accent? Because at the end of the day, that's what they were going for. Like, not the British accent thing, but this is the Singularity team that played at BO4 Champs, no? Fact check? Fact check for what? The team that has... The, the Toronto team right now, the four starting players, are the Singularity team from BO4 Champs. That shit on Envy. Kleenex, Cami, Insight, and whoever they're for. No, not Bance. Bance wasn't there, but... No, yeah, Bance was the, the other three. The other three, yes. So, obviously, Marky B is trying to play, like, the chemistry card, but I'm going to let everyone in on a secret. It's very hard to have bad chemistry with Methods. He is one of the most charismatic people in the fucking league. That's why he was, like, the face of the MOG talk shows back in 2014. Hey, guys. Parasite here. Such a stupid... I can't. That's, like, that's I all lost, I can say. I lost all respect for Toronto. Like I was, I only like Toronto because of Zinni. Make some adjustments to our power rankings with those roster moves. This is this is the one we had last time. So Atlanta, Optic, Dallas. Those are the top three. Those aren't changing. No. Here's where it gets tricky because our number four and our number five teams were the LA Thieves in Toronto. Toronto fell hard. In my opinion. ten or eleven. I'll put him at... I'll put him at 9. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll put him at 9 because I don't think they're worse than Seattle. I think they're worse, yeah. But, yeah, them definitely. And then I think we have to move New York up a bit after the last York, placing. I'll New put York New York at 5. Four. Top 4? You put him at 4? I'd put New York at top 4. Alright, so New York is top 4 they, then? They've, they've proven enough. And then let's move LAT just below the LA Gorillas and put them at six. Put them at six, which moves LAG up to five. Who's in seven? Florida. Oh wait, no, 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 no. This is messed up. Uh, number six is Minnesota. Number seven is LAG. Number eight's Florida. So I would put LAT. that again. Number six is Minnesota. Number seven is LAG. Number eight is Florida. 
So I'd put them behind LAG. Yeah, which would move Minnesota to five, LAG to six, and LAT to seven. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes sense. Also, to talk on I'd New even, York, I'd even put Florida above them, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Florida is an S tier team, but they kind they of didn't, they didn't play no, well they at the major. They're an S tier team. I mean, formal said it himself. What? Um, Guys, good AR, one of the best in the league. Not as good as him, but, you know, slack. Oh, dirty work. All right, so let's update the list. We're putting New York at four. Awakening? I think this guy's cheating. Putting uh, Minnesota five, LAG six. LAT7, Florida didn't move. We dropped Toronto to number nine. Actually, no, let's change that. Because Paris is number 11, and we've already talked about that. So Paris we're dropped... is saying where they are. No, we have to switch London and Paris around because we've moved London up and Paris down, so. Wait, where's Paris? On the last list we did, Paris was 12 and London's 11. Oh, yeah. Flip those two. So London is 12 now. Paris is 11. Seattle, you're staying. And then Toronto's 9. So... The power ranking. Our third power ranking, assuming I didn't mess anything up. Number one, Atlanta. Number two, Optic. Number three, Dallas. Number four is the New York Subliners. Number five... I'd... Would we put Dallas above Optic? Or we keep Optic at number two? I mean, because I top... think I think Optic is a top two team. I think I'm sticking with what we said the last time that the top three teams are going to be the top three teams in any particular order. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, we'll we'll keep it at that because it took a monumental collapse on maps that aren't even in the game anymore for Optic to lose to the Subliners. <laughs> but, uh, number one, Atlanta, two, Optic, three, Dallas, number four, NYSL, five, Minnesota, six, Gorillas, seven, Thieves, uh, eight is still Florida, number nine is Toronto, ten is still Seattle, and then eleven is Paris, and twelve is uh, the London... Royal Ravens with all their roster changes that aren't going to fix any other problems. And then one final talking point before we move on to the next thing. Uh, Hydra's visa got approved. He's in America. He's playing on the academy team. He's not subbing in for anybody on the roster, which is something I pointed out whenever they beat Optic. Like, everyone is fucking playing extremely well for the subliners right now. Who do you sub him in for? So the answer is nobody. He's playing on the academy team. Until someone on the starting four fucks up, at someone's least. Gonna, someone's going to fuck up. And I'll tell you who it's going to be. Tell us. Spill the tea. Clayster. Yo, James. You're going to have to sell those Pokemon cards, bro. Sorry. All right. I'm kidding, though, but... um, Next is GA I talk. Know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, Between Clayster... Asim, Diamond Khan, and Mac. Mac. Um, 
I don't know. They're all playing well, so we'll we'll see. Is Hydra a sub player? Uh, more than likely. So we'll have to see how Mac and Asim play in stage two. So that's kind of scary, though. The fact that they have a player like Hydra sitting on the bench. Which, speaking of stage two, where is that tweet at? Uh, the subliners are in the easier of the two divisions. Uh, the group alpha for stage two is Atlanta Phase, LA Thieves, the subliners, the Toronto Ultra, and the LA Gorillas, and then the Ravens. Group Bravo is, is Group Bravo is very stacked. Is Dallas, Optic Chicago, Florida, Paris, Minnesota, and Seattle. So judging by the power rankings. The absolute worst team and the team that fell the farthest on the power rankings are in Group Alpha. The worst team in Group Bravo is Seattle. Ah, uh, maybe Paris. I don't know. That'll be a fun matchup, but... Judging, uh... Dude, it's just... Dallas, Chicago, and Florida in the same division, dude. Three S-tier teams. Who'd have thunk it? Even though the next time they do a pre-game show, I'm sure Paris and Minnesota and Seattle will all be S-tier teams too. So, six S-tier teams in the same division. That's crazy. This just informal has gone offline. <laughs> it popped up in my... Anyway, next topic. I don't want to talk about it. I don't really... I think I posted the matches for the next week, but I don't really want to talk about those because these matches can go either way anytime. As we learned from stage one, like, it does not matter. The first week is going to be a I did my pickums if you want to see them. Uh, Go ahead and run through them, yeah. I can run through my pickums real quick. I, I don't do that, but yeah, you can go ahead and say what you said. Okay, so my pickums... Uh, for tomorrow's matches, uh, Atlanta, uh, well, I should phase over subliners 3 1. Um, Florida over uh, Mutineers over Surge 3 0. Uh, for Friday's matches, uh, LA Thieves uh, 3 1 over Toronto, uh, Minnesota over Paris 3 2. Uh, Saturday's matches. Uh, Optic over Paris 3-0. Uh, Minnesota over Florida 3-2. Uh, Dallas over Seattle 3-0. And then for Sunday's matches, uh, LEG over London uh, 3-0. Uh, FaZe over Toronto 3-0. And then Subliners over LA Thieves 3-1. All right, fair enough. Those are my pickums. I can't say I really disagree with any of them. The only curveballs might be if, like, the lower-seeded teams throw in weird map picks. Like, let's play map one Apocalypse Hardpoint, dude. Or, like, I don't know, let's play map two Express, bro. I'm watching a lot of Teddy Rex. Well, I mean... Optic now doesn't have to worry about... Um, bad maps. Garrison or Crossroads, so they're fine. Don't have to worry about it in hardpoint. Just ban it at this point. That's they're not I'm... even bad at garrison. They're just inconsistent. I think they're trying to get reps on it more. Which is 
fine, but I'd still just get it out. But, alright, updated GAs. This is going to be a quick one. We didn't talk about it the last time because I think it was breaking news the last time we recorded a podcast, but the XM4 is gone. Where is the updated GA list? Here it is. My XM4. I know, you're heartbroken. Alright, so Gentlemen's Agreements version 3. Weapons. AK-47, that's been gone. XM4 is the new one. Submachine guns, the KSP-45 is gone. Pistols, the 1911, the Magnums. Uh, sniper rifles, those have been gone. Optics, attachments, optics, thermal sights, no scopes on ARs, like sniper scopes. Barrel task force, it's been gone. Body attach, wait. Oh, that's laser sights, those have been gone. These are all the same. Anything else that's been updated recently? Uh, the QBZ being uh, GA'd in the EU and APEC region. Yeah, that's European-only GA's weapon variants restricted to two trophies, the QBZ, and then magazines on the 74U are allowed. I don't know why that's GA'd in America, but it is. And then apparently the only GA in the Asia-Pacific region is the QBZ. Unless that's including everything else, but I don't know. I don't watch the APEC region or the EU region. I'm assuming the NA region is going to follow suit and the QBZ will be gone after stage 2, if not during. I think. I didn't have a lot of fun the time I used the QBZ, but then again, maybe I just suck. It is disgusting. It is better than the XM4. <laughs> Alright, there you have it. It's going to be gone. But here's the thing, though, is that I think we're GAing the wrong things. Yeah, you just want Gunfighter Ooh, gone. Why don't we GA Gunfighter? Because then, how would I have seven attachments on my Krieg, though? Think about it like this. The Krieg with five attachments, very viable. Like, it is going to do what a long-range AR should do, right or wrong. You have a gun like the XM4, right? Maybe you GA gunfighter, and then you got to pick between what, what you need, 40-round mags, right? Maybe muzzles, you can't... You don't want a muzzle on it. Makes the XM4 what an XM4 should do and not beaming a Krig. Alright, so let's think of it like this. If you're using an AR, you need a stock, you need a handle, you need a grip, you need a barrel. That's four of the five attachments. So last thing you need. You're deciding between a muzzle or uh a fuck magazine. You're gonna put a sight on it. Oh true. Did we say optic? I did not. You have to put a sight on it. So that's the five attachments then? Rip handle, stock, barrel, sight. Problem solved. I mean, I agree, but... Take out I... Gunfighter, and, and your every single problem is solved. You take out Gunfighter, all these guns that are magically overpowered, like the XM4, like the QBZ, all of a sudden become normal guns again, and they're supposed to do... They, they do what they're supposed to do, right? However... The XM4, for example, medium range, okay? It'll gun medium range. There is a caveat to that. The AK-47 would still be a meme cannon. Because that gun is objectively broken. Oh, no, the, the 47 is is G8. Get rid of the 47. We don't want the 47 in here anymore. The 47 is broken. Yes. Yes, it is. It consistently four hits. You get a headshot, that is a three-hit gun. Now, other than just banning the dumb guns in League play, 
I don't have anything else to talk about the GAs, because apparently the GAs weren't as bad as I thought they were. The only real additions were the XM4 muzzles on the 74U. Which makes zero sense. I don't You're really trading know. out an attachment know. for an entire gun. I saw the 74U. Like, it's a 4% recoil reduction. You think pros are going to learn how to control the recoil? Nah, pros at suck. At that level? Is that what they thought going through these GAs? Hey, we'll take out the muzzle. I, I don't know. I'm not hearing the conversations that they're hearing, but... Uh, it's a weird decision, but ultimately it's the one we're going to have to live with because they get the final say on that. Which I'm still using the next important league play. All right. If anyone on the other team pulls it out. I'll just get shit on, but still have my pride that I didn't... If you pull out the XM4 in league play, that is GA broken, and I'm using it. Hell! LC10, as far as it's OP right now, you pull it out in league play. This is a warning. You pull it out in league play, I'm pulling out the XM4. I am one of the reasons they GA'd that gun. <laughs> Doubt me. Pull it out and see what happens. But there's nothing else really to talk about GA-wise, so unless you're done intimidating people listening... I'm done intimidating. <laughs> All right. The next thing is the the creme de la creme of today's episode: the G Fuel March Madness tournament. The eight Let's seed single elim, eight seed single elimination bracket between the top eight best selling canned G Fuel flavors. And I say canned because I've only ever drank the cans. I don't like buying the powder. But Zoa's at every flavor. The flavors are going to be the same between the two. But I can't vouch for any powdered flavors I haven't had. So. We've both had all the flavors on this list, which running through the seating. Number one, Sonic Peach Rings. Number two, PewDiePie Lingonberry. Number three was Blue Ice. Four, Sour Chug Rug. Five, Bahama Mama. Six, Sour Cherry. Seven, Raging Gummy Fish. And number eight, Tropical Rain. Which blew my mind Tropical Rain was in the top eight because that is my least favorite flavor. Uh, why is Black on Blackberry not here? Because uh, Dr. Disrespect got canceled, didn't he? I don't know when that would have happened. So I'm going to, I'm, you're going to see this on the podcast. I'm currently right now pulling out my black on Blackberry tub of G Fuel. <laughs> that it's, Dr. Disrespect is not on it. It's just black on Blackberry. It is um, a top five flavor. I, it wasn't even listed on the cans, I don't think. So maybe that's why. I'm just saying. But. I'm, why is Tropical Rain there and not Black on Blackberry? And if Black on Blackberry was there, it'd be top three. But those are the anyway. seedings. Here are the matchups. Round one, number one versus eight, Sonic Peach Rings versus Tropical Rain. Round, this is still round one, I'm stupid. Number three versus number six, Blue Ice versus Sour Cherry. Four versus five, this is going to be the hardest one to get out of, in my opinion. Sour Chug Rug and Bahama Mama. And then two versus seven, Lingonberry versus Raging Gummy Fish. Now, I must say, some of the products on this list are the best-selling because of the names attached to them. Because I thought I thought Sonic Peach Rings sucked. But maybe I'm just weird. I don't like peaches, so I'm biased to that one. But I feel like the PewDiePie one was the second best-selling because it has PewDiePie's name attached to it. Because... There'll be a lot of upsets here. Because I'm, I'm going for the flavor. 
as am I. That's Not what I was the gonna, brand. That's what I was going to go with. So We're on the one, same verse, page. one versus eight. These are by far, this is the hardest matchup for me just because I hate both these flavors. I'll be the one to to make a case for it. Let right? me let me present my case. One, I don't like peaches. So Sonic That's peach true. rings, that doesn't matter. Number That's eight, true. I think tropical rain tastes like cat piss smells. So if I'm using that logic, I would rather eat a peach than smell cat piss. So I have to go with peach rings by that logic. <laughs> That's what I was getting to. All right. Now, as an avid peach guy, I drink Snapple. I like the taste of peach. It's not my go-to, but if it's there, I'll drink it, right? Mm-hmm. Sonic peach rings does a good job of that. To get that peach flavor, Sonic peach rings does a good job at that. Tropical Rain isn't a bad flavor. I despise it. It's not, not a rock. bad flavor. It is a horrible flavor. Oh, I see. That's true. That's it is. True. It is a horrible. It is a horrible flavor. I know. No, I got no it. offense to the rain. The powder is good. The powder is good. The powder is bearable. The can is god awful. Sonic Peach Rings takes first round. All right, so advancing out of the one versus eight matchup, Sonic Peach Rings takes that one by storm. Uh, Blue Ice versus Sour Cherry. Now this, this is, is this tough. is like this one is more like the universe, Duke University, like one of the longest standing organizations within the realm of what's happening. Because Blue Ice was their first flavor besides Fruit Punch, I think. And then versus Sour Cherry. Sour Cherry is a very common flavor, but it hasn't been a well known flavor until recently. I feel like. Personally, I'm going with the upset here. Blue Ice does not taste bad. It tastes like a snow cone. Snow cones are great, but I think Sour Cherry has that X factor, that pucker factor, that a lot of the other flavors on this list are missing. It actually delivers on what it promises. Are we going from the can perspective, or... They're both both. the same. Whichever one you you have experience with. I only have experience with the cans. Blue Ice is one of the most subtle amazing flavors as a powder you ever had blue gatorade tuck i've yes i've had blue gatorade do you know what blue ice is uh, it tastes exactly like blue gatorade at the the powder version now i can't speak for the can one because that is carbonated so you're not going to get i would say effect. it's very similar but i still think if the snow cone reference would be better it does taste like a blue snow cone it is Gatorade as a powder. I, I love Blue Ice. Sour Cherry, on the other hand, is also a really, really good can flavor. I think the powder could be a little bit different. But um, um, this is tough. This is very tough between me. But um, what did you say, Sour Cherry? I said Sour Cherry because it, has, a, it think, has an X factor. I think Sour Cherry having that little extra kick to it with the sourness might make it a little bit better than Blue Ice. But I love Blue Ice. It's it's one of my faves. But I'll, I'm going to have to go with Sour Cherry. Like I said, with the exception of Tropical Rain, get that shit out of here. The other seven flavors on this list are the best selling for probably some reason. Peach rings, meh, not not for me, but I'm sure it pleases a lot of other people. But I think we're agreeing on sour cherry advancing to the round, the final four. No, wait, mm-hmm. what is this? The yeah, final four, which brings us to the four v five matchup, which this is my two favorite flavors going head to head: sour chug at four and number five Bahama Mama. Now I love these two. I do too. These are my two favorite flavors. This is the hardest matchup for me, but I think. Bahama Mama, not Bahama Mama, excuse me. 
Sour Chug Rug. It's Blue Raspberry. Blue Raspberry anything is automatically good. But at the same time, the Citric Acid is very forward in the Sour Chug Rug as opposed to like the Sour Cherry. It makes me feel kind of sick if I drink it too quickly as opposed to like any of the other flavors because the Citric Acid is so strong because they really want to deliver on that sour thing. Probably because it has Rug's name attached to it, so they want it to stand out more so than other. But Bahama Mama's Roman Atwood's flavor, I really vibe. I Pina Coladas, I can't drink alcohol, but like Virgin Pina Coladas? Virgin Pina Coladas? Good, I can't, I can't, I can't drink alcohol, bro. I know, but what do you just call it? That's what it's called. Okay. Whenever you have an alcoholic drink that's not alcoholic, it's, it's a virgin of whatever the drink is. I'm I, going with sour, I'm going with sour chocolate. I think Sour Chug Rug is better than Bahama Mama. Even so, I love Bahama Mama and everything that, that it brings to the table. Um, I just want to see a sour on this side of the bracket, so I think I'm going to go with you. I think Bahama Mama is my preferred flavor out of the two, but just 4v5, I'll give the advantage to the higher seated drink. So, Sour Chug Rug advancing to the final four, which brings us to two versus seven. PewDiePie's Lingonberry, which I feel like that is why this was the better selling of the two, compared to FaZe Jeb's Raging Gummy Fish. I don't think this is a competition. I think Raging Gummy Fish Raging is the better Raging Gummy flavor. Fish is better okay. in every way possible. So... No offense, PewDiePie. Like, Lingonberry, yeah, sure, it's it's lit. Raging Gummy Fish? Are you serious? Lingonberry is also like a super. You can't compete. It's also like a super UK thing. Like I don't. You Ling, can't Lingonberry, compete. Lingonberry is not common where I live, so I don't really have a reference point as to what the fuck Lingonberry is supposed to taste. I got like. the reference point for you right now. You can't compete. And then just for shits and gigs, I'll throw this in as a uh, honorable mention because. I live in the part of the United States where there are these convenience stores that are called Sheets. They're the best convenience store in the, in, in North America. I'm going to go out there and say it. They have their own G Fuel flavor. It's called Red Licorice. I'll try it probably tomorrow because I'm drinking a Monster right now and I don't want to ingest 600 milligrams of caffeine. But they have their own flavor. It's up to the camera right now. It's Sheets branding on the top, G Fuel, and then it's Red Licorice flavored, which I don't know how it's going to differ from Raging Gummy Fish. But we'll find out, and I'll update everybody who cares tomorrow. So Raging Gummy Fish is advancing to the final four. So the final is it like their actual G Fuel? Like, is it a G Fuel brand? I'll send you a picture. Give me one sec. Yeah, send me a picture. It has on the side of the can Sheets exclusive. It has the company's branding. Send me the can. I want to see it. There's the front of the can. Zero sugar. There's sending their. It, uh... I'm recording the video on Snapchat that I'm sending to you on Discord. But advancing to the final four is Sonic Peach Rings, Sour Cherry, Sour Chug Rug, and Gummy Fish. Where did you go? Did I delete our conversation? How would I do such a thing? There is the video whenever it sends. So, in the final four, round two matchup, we have Sonic Peach Rings versus Sour Cherry. 
Now, it was a hard decision in round one with Sonic Peach and Tropical Rings. I didn't like either Sour flavor. Cherry. Sour Cherry. Yeah, it's Sour Cherry. Sour Cherry through. Sour Cherry is advancing to the uh, the finals. It's sent as a weird file, but it is a video file from my iPhone. Did you send it on? Oh, you did send it on Discord. on Discord. Which brings us to the bottom half of the bracket. Sour Chug Rug versus Gummy Fish. The phase versus phase matchup. Speaking of which, it also surprised me Phaseberry wasn't in the top eight selling. Phaseberry is actually a good flavor and has like a really big name attached to it. That one took me by Phase surprise. Berry is, Phaseberry should be on there as well. It, it wasn't. I don't know why. Phaseberry would have won this entire thing. So, Chug Rug versus Gummy Fish. This is tough. This is tough. Do this you, is where it gets tough. Are we going to have a sour versus sour finals? No. That's from my personal opinion. Now look, sour chug rug, I love it. It's amazing. You know, it's it's got a kick. Are we going to hint at what I said earlier? It's just so citric acid forward that it's not very balanced. Yes. Now here let me let me get to the raging gummy fish. Go ahead. What did I say the last round? Uh, the last time we got here. What did you say? Because you can't all I remember fucking is... compete. Can't fucking compete with Raging Gummy Fish. I was gonna. Now, Raging Gummy Fish, it's got that flavor, like a very subtle flavor, but it just mixes well. It has that balance, right? It has the balance that is missing from a lot of these drinks, you know. It's got that sweetness to it. It's got the kick. It's a very subtle kick, but it's a kick. It's like a, it's like a smooth walk on the beach. You you look to your left at the table. There's a there's a bar. There's a guy at the bar. The bartender. He's he's cooking something up. A virgin drink, of course. He's cooking course. something up. He pours it into a glass. What is it? He slaps a sticker of raging gummy fish on that glass and he hands it to you, and you drink it. And it's just filled with pride. You drink it and you you feel prideful. You feel like a champion. It would actually probably work. Like, let me, uh, side topic. I can't drink alcohol, but I'm very into bar culture. Like, bartending school. Or, like, uh, fucking drink science. Cocktail science is what I'm trying to say. Uh... Raging Gummy Fish would probably be a really good mixer. Mm-hmm. Sour Chug Rug would also be a good mixer, but I feel like that would be a super niche drink that someone would have to go out of their way to order, as opposed to, like, Raging Gummy Fish would probably mesh well with more alcohols and be more user-friendly to a lot of people. I'm, I'm gonna go with Raging Gummy Fish in this. I mean, I think I am too, just because I've already said, just from a flavor profile, Sour Chug Rug is not balanced. It is very sour-forward. It's a good flavor. It's a good flavor. Don't get me wrong. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. Okay. The Raging Gummy Fish moving on to the grand finals to play against Sour Cherry. Our six and seven seeds are upsetting their way to finals, dude. Let's go. Everyone loves an underdog, but we're, who's Cinderella stories ending at midnight? Oh, Sour Cherry and Raging Gummy Fish. Now, here's where this actually gets kind of tough because Raging Gummy Fish and Sour Cherry, they're both cherry flavored. <laughs> That's true. Now, 
I guess it depends on our mood. Do we feel like puckering or do we feel like enjoying what we're eating? I feel like enjoying what I'm eating. Let's look at it this way. If I had, if I, if I went on Amazon.com because they don't sell the giant packs of G Fuel on G Fuel's website, unless I just am oblivious to where they're sold at. If I go to Amazon and I buy a 12 pack of G Fuel and I have to drink that can of G Fuel, that flavor of G Fuel every day for that almost two weeks, which flavor will I enjoy more by the end of those two weeks? Raging Gummy Fish. Because I think Sour Cherry will end up giving me an ulcer. I think Raging Gummy Fish. That's what I'm getting at. I think Raging Gummy Fish is the flavor I could enjoy more over time. Sour Cherry might be good in the moment, but after a while, I'm not going to like feeling that, that, that sickening feeling that sour candies give you. We have it here, folks. The first ever Torching Time Podcast G Fuel Tournament winner. It's Raging Gummy Fish, dude. Ghost to Raging seed. Gummy Fish. The seventh seed. And the reason why it's the seventh seed... It's not because of the flavor, but because of, of, of the, the other name branding that is stapled onto the thing. By the way, Tuck, your video that you sent in Discord did not work. Text it to me. Roger. I'll do it in a second. Anyway. But, like, let's compare the personalities and let's think about why the other flavors sold better. Because Raging Gummy Fish is Phase Jev. Phase Jev, large personality. Phase Jev, also smaller than, at the time... Phase Rain. At the time, Sonic, as that is a big name brand that everybody knows. Roman Atwood, smaller than Phase Rug, smaller than PewDiePie by a lot. Phase Jev is at a severe disadvantage in this competition of personalities. Phase Jev is one of my favorite people on YouTube, but he cannot compete in terms of numbers with PewDiePie, Roman Atwood, Phase Rug, Phase Rain, and then the Sonic just brand. I think people need to understand FaZe Jeb's personality. When he rages, that's that's his character. He's not actually raging. There, I texted it. But yeah, that, that that's true. FaZe Jeb is also one of the most real people on this list. Roman Atwood vlogs, but he doesn't show a lot of the uh, the down parts. Phase Rug is the fakest person on this list. Phase Rain is not attached to Tropical Rain anymore, but that was his flavor. PewDiePie is PewDiePie. He's the biggest personality on YouTube, and then Phase Jev is just the realist on this list, I think. But Raging Gummy Fish taking taking home whatever the prize is. I don't know what it would be. The Golden Shaker Cup. Giveaway time? Giveaway question mark? Uh, is doing another G Fuel giveaway? If this episode of the Torching Time podcast gets 50 likes, we'll do a giveaway. How about that? There you got it, folks. Do you want to both do separate giveaways? I think it should be a combined effort just for one Torching Time giveaway. We'll do one Torching Time giveaway. If this episode if gets 50 likes on YouTube. If this episode of Torching Time podcast gets... 50 likes, we will do a G Fuel giveaway. Uh, that's where I'll cut the Twitter clip. But let's also add a passphrase. Because I'll do pass the giveaway. I'll do the giveaway. Let's let's they have to comment. Like the video and leave a comment. What should the comment be? What is um, some, what's something FaZe Jeb says? You can't compete. Is that the passphrase? You can't compete? 
you can't compete. All right, so if you like the video, we get video gets to 50 likes, and then the giveaway... Let me rephrase that. In order to get the giveaway, the video has to get 50 likes. In order to enter yourself into the giveaway, you have to comment the passphrase, you can't compete. I'll cut the Twitter clip right before we just said the passphrase, because that'll get people in here. And if they actually watch the video and listen to what we're saying, then they'll know the passphrase. Exactly. It's easy. So one last time before we move on to the next topic. 50 likes to get the giveaway to start. Enter the giveaway. You have to comment the phrase, you can't compete. Sound good to everybody? And by that I mean Zoe, because TJ's streaming. He's not coming. <laughs> Sounds good. Alright. Uh, that moving... Eh, English, I can speak that. Brings us to the Q&A. Now, there were a lot of questions, but I singled out these two. One, because this podcast has gone on for an hour and ten minutes as of right now. And these two kind of go hand in hand. The two questions, talking points, whatever. Tips to grow as a content creator slash streamer. And then Twitch slash YouTube etiquette. Things you shouldn't do when you're conversing with other streamers slash watching other streamers' content. But you have, let's start off with... Let's do the tippies, the tips first. Just general rules of thumbs, good ideas. Don't be an asshole. That would fall under etiquette, but true. This kind of falls into the rant aisle. I just... That's weird. I don't know what just happened. My leg just fell off my other leg and I almost fell and headbutt my desk. But... Uh, this goes into like the rant I was going on the other day in your stream? Was I streaming? I don't remember. We were talking we about... Were. We both were? Yeah. Uh, twitch.tv slash why the tuck and twitch.tv slash zoe underscore season mm -hmm. I'm changing it soon alright what are you changing it to for the people back to zoe season x zoe season x season spelled as uh, we were talking about organizations being clout chasers and then how people get picked up to organizations as content creators because as I hinted at earlier, I own an esports organization. I have a list of things I look for whenever I go to recruit content creators, streamers, influencers, players in general, etc., etc., down the list. So, things I look for in terms of content creators, there's a base number for both Twitch and YouTube, which I'm not going to say what those numbers are, but there are certain minimum requirements I look for in terms of numbers, in terms of hours streamed, average viewers. I don't really care about subscriber or follower counts because I don't care about that. I care about who is actively watching you in the moment. And then beyond that, those are the hard numbers I look for. And then I kind of do like a personality dissection on you. One, are you friendly? Two, are you uh, catering to a niche? That would be an interesting group of people to interact with. Three, uh, do you know how to build a community? How's your Discord looking? Do you know how to talk to people? Who do you play with? How do you interact with your chat? And then four, are you just good at social media in general? Because that is the biggest thing for me, is if you suck at social media, you will never succeed as a social media influencer slash content creator. So, do you have anything to comment on what I just said? Everything you said is pretty much true. All right. So ideally, ideally, if I'm looking for a content creator, I'm looking for someone that follows like myself or Zoe's work ethic when it comes to posting on social medias. 
Zoe doesn't do YouTube as heavily as I do YouTube, but he hits the check mark for all the other app, uh, all the other uh, platforms. He streams relatively regularly. He posts clips to Twitter. He's friendly with people on Twitter. He interacts with people on Twitter. I, he shows me he knows how to be social. He posts to TikTok a lot, and the TikToks have effort put into them because the videos are edited, as opposed to just taking the raw clip and throwing it on TikTok, and the format's all messed up instead of. 1920 by 1080 you have to flip the resolutions to 1080 by 1920 to fit a phone screen that's important that shows you care and then instagram i'm i think you do instagram as well i do do instagram so season x as well and then instagram. yes and then i check all those boxes for myself too except i also throw myself into youtube i've uploaded to youtube daily for the past like 120 days so ideally i'm well, looking for keep someone it, keep it up i i i will <laughs> thank you but so ideally I'm looking for someone like myself because I I'm going to vouch for myself here. I'm I'm social. You might catch me in a bad mood on stream sometimes, but that's just the way of the road that happens. But overall, I'm friendly on social media. I interact with people. I try to help people when they can. If they need to DM me, my DMs are always open. I'm the face of an organization for a reason. I didn't get here just because I'm pretty, although I am very pretty. You are gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Where where would your camera be placed? Right here. You. You are gorgeous. So. Let's summarize all that bullshit into like two tips. You have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to talk to people. You know, let's add a third one in there. You have to be re you have to be willing to reach outside of your comfort zone if you want to succeed in something. And now this, these tips only apply if you're doing this like with a more business-forward mindset. If you stream just to have fun, this doesn't apply to you because at the end of the day, if you're doing this to have fun, you don't care about the numbers. Those mean fuck all to you. If you're doing this for like a business reason, like you want to see a progressive growth towards something ultimately higher than what you're doing right now, then these apply to you. You have to be consistent. You have to be willing to be social and you have to be willing to reach outside of your comfort zone to do things. Because I'll give you a hint. I've uploaded every day for the past 120-ish days. There are some days I really don't want to edit a video at 2 a.m., but I know I have to get something posted. <laughs> you just got to stay motivated at that point. Motivation is, is also a uh, another big thing that plays a part when it comes to content creating. Like, you have to stay motivated. That, no matter what it is. Have you ever... I think it's a Disney movie. Have you ever seen the movie, the final season, about the high school baseball team that's dropping their uh, baseball program, but they yeah. end up winning the state championship? Mm -hmm. Are you? Do you remember the uh, the one scene... It might have been in the trailer, but there's the one scene about like the pre the pre-game locker room speech, and the coach is like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? That is how you have to approach content creation every day. Mm -hmm. What is your why? You have to remind yourself every day what you're working towards. Because if you're going to treat this like a full-time job, there are no fucking off days. I'm going to be 100% honest with, with everyone. If you're in content creation or anything to do with, uh, with competing, you know, anything game-related, if you're in it for the money, you are not getting <coughs> very far. You are not getting far at all. And it shows with a lot of people. Because let's spin that in a different way. Whenever you're doing this, like obviously money's nice. I'm not going to say money's not nice, but you can't look at it like that. Because if you look at it strictly money-wise, you're going to start seeing the people in your chat as followers and not friends. And that's a problem. 
Because in order to succeed as a content creator, you have to have friends, not followers. Mm-hmm. It's like Hex says, every time Hex uploads a video or he talks about his subscriber count, Hex doesn't have 950,000 subscribers on YouTube. He has 950,000 friends that watch his videos. Very big distinction between those two. Hex, by the way, Hector Rodriguez, if you guys live under a rock and you found your way into my podcast somehow. You know, the, the guy that made Optic, op, the small org Optic Gaming. Yeah, that guy. As opposed to Hastro, <laughs> who is Who's strictly that? business and like the oldest man to ever walk the face of the earth. Who's that? I've never heard of him. Uh, have Does you he ever, make friends? Does have he have friends? Ever, uh, not after the J-Cap twit longer. <laughs> but, uh, whatever. You have to be friendly. You have to be consistent. And then, I didn't mention this, but you also have to put effort into your content. You can't make oh, shit yeah. content. Yeah. And then that moves pretty much beyond that, unless you have something that I might have missed or we might have missed. No, nope, you kind of hit every nail on the head. And let's go to YouTube slash Twitch etiquette. Things you should never fucking do as a streamer and or YouTube creator. And let's kick this one off right off the bat. This one applies more so to me than a lot of other people. A lot of people don't realize because it's kind of just a slight inconvenience to some people but talking about your stream and someone else's stream unasked uninvitedly that just makes you seem like you're begging for attention so like and i want to apologize in advance uh for anyone who i play with while i might be streaming and you're streaming as well i for i i just don't mute my mic when i talk to chat so i'm sorry for that but that that's that has its places where it's not great but at the same time like i invited you to play with me you invited me to play with you we're friends i'm not going to get upset about it I'm well, yeah, we're about, cool like, no we're cool when we, when we talk about each other's streams when we're both streaming no we're cool it's but... whenever people come in to chat and then you don't ask them about their stream like if you get raided did i say that right Okay, so let's set up the roleplay scenario. Zoe's streaming, I end. I raid Zoe. Zoe asks me, hey, Tuck, how was stream? Tuck answers with stream was X. That's okay. Let's say I just come into Zoe's stream. He's someone I don't know. He might be someone I do know, but I didn't raid him. I just popped in like a casual viewer, and I start talking about my stream. That's not okay. Zoe doesn't care at that rate. Yeah, man, people... my stream was awesome. The people in Zoe's stream don't care about your stream. You know why? Because they're in Zoe's stream. They're watching Zoe play the game. They're not there to see you, you fucking clown. They're there watching me dominate the game. And that applies to any other mention of the word stream, aside from, like, certain things where, like, if you're giving someone help on what to do. Which, I actually got banned in someone's chat one time because they were playing... Last year they were playing Modern Warfare, but they had their game set as... Pod 4, Modern Warfare, and then I said, uh, that doesn't write, I'll check my last stream to see what the name was, the proper, like, game title, and then I said it, and then their moderator just banned me, and I was like, okay, that's fine, I'll unfollow, I'll, I'll, I just won't come back, that's fine. See you, see you fudging later. Which is another thing, keep your fucking mods in check too. Like, I ban people as memes, but I also ban people that are my friends, and then I unban them ten seconds later. Well, there's that one mod in my chat who does it for fun, but 
I'm not going to spill beans out there, but he knows who he is. And uh, when he does it, I find it funny when he does it because he does it to people who can take it. Like, obviously, if a random viewer were to come in and just chat and stuff, you know, he wouldn't do that to them. But, like, to the people that I know and he knows very well, like, he'll, he'll actively do it just to mess around. Herc banned me for breaking his gel pen. Which was hilarious. Because when I looked, I'm like, yo, why did he ban you? And then I saw the chat message and I cracked up. And then other Twitch etiquette things. Other Twitch etiquette things. What was I talking about? Mentioning your stream in any way. That means the pity party. Coming into someone's stream and like complaining about how your stream isn't doing as well as theirs. That's annoying. No one cares. You're not going to get pity from a lot of people on Twitch. You know why? Because this shit is a war zone. We are all competing for the same title. Now, here's what I would do, for example. I go into someone's stream and tell them your stream is dog shit. Absolute buffoon right here. That's true. Look, unbelievable. No, I wouldn't do that. But um. Like, the best, the best piece of advice I can give you if you're one of the pity party members is actually objectively go back, watch one of your streams, and ask yourself, am I enjoying what's happening? I do not, that constantly. VOD review is very important. I do that everything. constantly. Like, when I'm done for the day, like, I won't do it that same exact day, but the next morning, I'll rewatch my stream. Well, you see, I don't really, I don't have to do that because I edit videos of myself every day, so I see my VODs. And, like, there are things I can obviously do better. But at the end of the day, like, my stuff isn't terrible. Because if it was I, terrible, I'm the most critical I'm the most critical person of myself. If there was something objectively wrong, I'd point it out immediately. I like to, uh, you know, and I always adjustably change around what I feel I'm doing wrong, so. The biggest issue that I notice with myself when I go back and watch stuff is sometimes my energy is super low. But that's not more so... A, a, like a personality thing that's just because i have a i have crohn's disease and i'm chronically fatigued part of my illness is chronic fatigue i am always fucking tired that is why if you see me and i'm chugging an energy drink on stream it's because i need that energy drink to reach like 70 percent battery to have enough energy to play because there are differences between tuck with energy where i'm actually being vocal and like memeing and bantering with people and like when i'm just kind of in my my sleepy, tired voice that women say is irresistible on Twitter. People don't say that, but... That's the best way I can describe it, is, like, the voice you have whenever you first wake up in the morning. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> wow. I didn't say I'm that. Bold. Okay. I'm humble. I hope so. I'm humble. Yeah, dude, 254 matches on Tinder, dude. Verified on Tinder, dude. And then as far as YouTube etiquette goes, it's more or less the same thing, just in comment form. Just, it's not cool to self-promote anywhere on someone else's content. Is like... It's annoying. It, it's like when I, annoying. I, I read through comments, because sometimes the comments for videos are, are better than the actual videos, right? Yeah. And the video could be amazing, but just the comments make the videos sometimes. And then there's that one guy. 
check out my new song here at soundcloud.com and you're just like what no one's gonna watch no one's gonna hear if anyone hears it they're going to tell you it's dog shit yeah the one that gets me the most on youtube is like the people that sneakily promote their own content by saying hey bro we make similar videos haha <laughs> uh we should collab sometime those are the ones that always get me those mm. are the comments I immediately delete, by the way, so I wouldn't recommend ever posting those on my videos, because I watch that shit like a hawk, and you will not last very long. Can I post that on one of your videos? Uh, I'll allow it. I mean, I've only posted one video on my new YouTube, which you need to motivate me to post more on the YouTube. I lead by example, bro. You should just see what I'm doing. I will take your example. You should just see what I'm doing and be like, hey, I can do that. And then whenever someone else comes into your chat complaining about how content creation is hard, you can be like, you can stop the stream, you can alt F4 the game, stop the stream, go full face cam, and sit there and be like, one job, two job, stream, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, school! School What's your excuse? (laughs) Because that's kind of the, that's what I do, similarly. I don't have two jobs, but I run an esports organization. I run, well... By, I guess by definition, I do have two jobs. Esports organization and my IRL baseball stuff. Not like actual jobs, but they're things I do for money that take a lot of my time. Uh, so, baseball. Uh, baseball coaching. You know, esports org. I, I'm, my brain is all over the place with myself. What the fuck do I do? Uh, Twitch stream, YouTube, TikTok, every other social media. Because I also post all the shit for the Team Fiki Twitter page. And I respond to comments and sometimes DMs on that. Which, hold myself accountable. Uh, Tuck, whenever you're editing this, set up the uh, Fiki business email for people so they'll stop DMing us because I don't read DMs on the team page very often. I'll, I'll text you about <laughs> Thank it. You. Don't worry. I will actively text you. We're probably going to stream League Play later, but I will actively text you. Uh, I'll hop in League Play later. Uh, podcast, you're going to hear this. I'm going to tell Zoe right now. I'll play League Play later, but I have to get food in me. I inhaled some mozzarella sticks before I hit record. I have a burrito in my kitchen waiting for me. Okay. But I will definitely hop in. I mean, yeah, as far as Q&As go, I mean, that you pretty much broke it down. That's all it is. The biggest thing with Twitch etiquette is just, Twitch and YouTube etiquette is just self-promotion. Like, unwarranted self-promotion or talking about stuff you do, just, you have to understand People in the chat aren't there to see you. It's not your stream. Believe it or not, they're not there to see you. While the chat can add to the experience of the stream, the chat can make the streamer laugh, the chat can say some dumb shit that'll get the spot, the pot stirred and start discussions. Most of the time, the chat isn't there to see some guy in the chat. They're there to see the streamer. They're there to see the creator. I lost my train of thought. Help me. Where where are we going from here? Where's the next stop? Is there a next topic after the Q&A? The next stop on the train tracks. I don't remember what I was saying. I literally just forgot what I was about, saying. About chatters being there for the viewer, not self-promoting. That, that, there was another point beyond that. I have peanut brain. I am stupid. I have caught stupid. I guess another thing along like that is, like, starting drama in Twitch chat, that's also a no-no. Yeah, no-no. Because you'll get your shit checked real quick. 
like if you're playing somebody like i don't know i'll use league play as an example if someone comes into my stream after we play them in league play and they're just like hey dude ggs i'm like yeah ggs bro see you next time that's fine yeah that's that's perfectly fine if you come into the chat because you lost and you're like yo dude, you suck send a chow idiot i'm like homie as much as i'd appreciate that donation I'm not going to waste my time playing you again. I mean, you come into my chat to shit talk, you're going to get shit talked back probably oh, 200 I mean, times. That's the that's, one exception that's, for that's us. That's how it's going to go. You and I, whenever I'm actually in the mood to banter, S-tier shit talkers both ways. You more we, so... We need, to, we need to banter more, you and I. You, your type of shit talk is more so overwhelming force, whereas mine is witty one-liners that make you question what the fuck I just said, and then when you realize what I just said, you're already gone. I'm like the hand of Thanos, and you're Thanos' brain. I mean, basically, yeah. Together, we're unstoppable. Like, I still think the guy that I told I had more Twitter followers than he had damage dealt, I still think he's recovering from that comment. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. Not not horribleism like what you said was that that was horrible. That, <laughs> that is trauma inducing stuff. You cannot say that. <laughs> well, you can say it, but that was that was amazing. That had to be the best thing I heard. What else did I'm I say? Start using that. I have to start. What using are my that. my two favorite insults that I've used so far this year? The Twitter follower one. I have more followers on Twitter than you have damage dealt. Keep my name out of your mouth, shitter. That's number one. Number two has got to be whenever I told that guy that him being uploaded to my YouTube channel was his highlight career, career highlight that of his was, career. That was amazing. And dude, then... motherfucker shot my body and then shit talked me and then I won. I was like, yeah, welcome to my YouTube, dude. The highlight of your career. Because here's the thing. My YouTube is only going to keep going up. You fucking, you're stuck in that advanced level rank, homie. But... Let's get it. I'm gonna make Tuck into master, folks. Don't worry. It's it's gonna happen. Like I don't like let's just let's just let's talk about that real quick before we end. Like there are days, there are matches where I don't care. The matches I don't care, you can tell I don't care, because I'm doing yeah. dumb shit, I'm sprinting around the map. I don't care about what happens because it's more likely like S and D in league play, I can't take it seriously for the most part. Well, S and D I just pull out a lawbreaker sniper. I just I, I, I just literally said you can do a two phase up. In S and D, I sprint at gunfights and try to get TikTok clips. Exactly, that's what I do in S and D. In other maps, depending on what our teammates are doing, depending on how their vibes are going, it depends <laughs> on how I take the match seriously. The matches I get perpetually spawn killed in control. I'm off the fucking scene mentally until the next the next map. I'm not going to sit here, get spawn killed, and then get yelled at for not pushing a point. <laughs> that shit's we're not going to fly. We're not name dropping anyone, don't worry. I'm not name dropping anybody, but if you see this, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. I'm we not, love you to death, though. I'm not going you... to get perpetually spawn killed and then get yelled at for not pushing a point. I'll let you sort that out, homie. Which is like one of the one of the benefits of having me as a teammate is I can take the bullshit and not want to not want to push back, push back because I understand pushing back is going to lead to a bigger argument. I'll just suck up my pride for that fifteen seconds and just take the the hit, and then after the match I'll be like, here's what we did wrong, as opposed to other people that like 
headbutt issues directly, and that just leads to a full collapse during a map. I'm pretty good with hard points. Control, depending on how the vibes are, and then SMD, I can't take it seriously at all. Well, I mean, when it comes to those game modes, you had me running around the map like a psychopath, killing everything, so... I'm there too sometimes, depending on what role I'm forced into. I'm a better oh. AR player than a sub, but I that, roll Phil. So you stick, I, I play as a flex now, so you play the main AR role. Also, I'm sorry if you can hear my house phone ringing. Apparently people still use landlines in 2021. I do. Came with the plan. Deal with it. <laughs> well, like, now that's the thing, like, I, I am the better, I am a better AR player, but I'll run an SMG if I need to, because I like winning. If my SMG player is making bad choices, I'll pull out a sub and pick up his slack and let you fucking slay out. I don't give a shit as long as I fucking win. I don't care. We only lost, like, I think one match, and it was a checkmate SMG. And then we lost the checkmate control, but... I mean, a garrison control, but we won't talk about that. But the other, like, 12 maps we played, we won them all. That's true. I know, I ran around with the 74U... Kids pulled out an XM4, uh, so I pulled it out. I shot bodies. Uh, they said the XM4 is banned. I said you pulled it out first, so deal with it. Uh, and then immediately next round, I pulled out the 74U and did better than I did with the XM4. So yeah, that's true. But we're at the hour and 35 minute mark, so let's wrap up and say our farewells. Because I think we covered the tips to grow, we covered the etiquette side of things. I'll have to figure out where that topic began and ended, but we'll figure that out whenever I'm editing. Mm -hmm. So, that has been episode 7 of the Torching Time Podcast. I appreciate you guys watching. If you're on the audio platforms, uh, check out the highlights that are going to be uploaded periodically throughout the next two weeks until the next episode on my YouTube, Why the Tuck. All my social medias are Why the Tuck. I stream... Basically, the last month I've streamed every day since League Play came out, has came out. So catch me between the hours of like 6 p.m. EST and midnight. You'll probably find me and Zoe doing something together. Sometimes TJ will be there too. He didn't show up for the podcast today, but he'll be here next time or else I'm going to hurt him with words. But as I said, you can find me at Why the Tuck on every social media. You can find Torching Time Podcast on YouTube and every audio platform except Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud by searching Torching Time Podcast. It is also linked in the description on YouTube. And Zoe, where can people find you? You guys can find me everywhere uh, at Zoe Season X. Uh, that is Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, um, and then um, my Twitch. Is Zoe underscore season. I'm going to fix it back to the original so that everything is just all the same thing. It's good. And then note that season is spelled as ZN. And then send-offs. Uh, the CDL needs to figure out what they're doing with their life. The London Royal Ravens need to figure out what they're doing with their life. Uh, Raging Gummy Fish is the best G Fuel flavor. Don't be an asshat on Twitch or YouTube by asking other people for things you don't deserve. And YouTube partner push is still in full swing here on my side of things. So, How many more subs do you need? Subs? I don't need any more subs. I'm missing the uh, watch time. Guys, once again, this is Zoe 
speaking. The man you fear. Go watch his videos. Helps a lot. Does help a lot? The amount of work that he puts in, it's the least you can do. However, without anything else, that's all we have to say. So until next time, farewell. And we will talk to you guys in two weeks. See you guys later. Peace. Bye, everyone.